Hello, everyone, and welcome to the first episode of Pod- Podcast. I'm here with Red. Hello, Green, um, and welcome to Podcast, the only podcast that is actually shot live from the sea. Yep, we are actually in the middle of the ocean right now. Yeah, I think we're in the Pacific Ocean, heading to who knows where. I don't care. We're not, we're not going to land. That would be dumb. Who, who lives on land anymore? Even though we are in the middle of the ocean on a raft, uh, today's episode is about art. Because why yeah, not? So, yeah, so like art and episode. No, <laughs> we can't uh, do art. The paper will get wet. Well, that's basically art. Um, well, I mean, there's all there's a bunch of types of art. Like there's music. There's you know. Even, like, within drawing, there's digital art, there's, you know, traditional art, there's modern art, which we don't talk about that, but... Modern art makes no sense. And then there's the one everyone hates. Abstract art. I think we can all agree, uh, abstract is disgusting. I mean... (laughs) Pain. Um, Pain. I agree. Yeah. So anyways, yeah, you know, as I look into the ocean, I'm thinking, you know, there are a bunch of forms of art, um, you know, like, again, like I said, music, visual art, there's, um, like, even, like, there are shows which, like, you can consider, like, most forms of media art, so, like, entertainment, um, comedy, writing, you know, shows, movies, games. Art so is self-expression. Are... Yeah. Anything that makes you happy. Yeah, so like, <laughs> this is art. Oh. Yes, podcasts are art. Yeah, so, yeah. Like, even simple things like the design on, you know, your book bag if you're going to school, or your calendar is art. Like, there's art all around us, and we can't escape it as a species because it's part of what defines us as the human race. That was very deep. Anyways, poop funny. (laughs) That was not as deep. It's true, but... But... Um, (laughs) B-U-T-T. Um, in case you can't tell, that was clapping, so... Thank you, thank you, thank you. Round of applause, round of applause. Um, anyways... Yeah, so I wanted to specifically talk about, like, you know, game design. Ooh, my game favorite design, game, art. Game, <laughs> game design is hard. I, I know, right? Crazy. Game design is hard. Making, like, I don't know, something people actually enjoy to play is hard. I know, I'm crazy, right? Um, but, like, you know, we, uh, I mean, most game design starts out just, like, you know, as an idea, and then it blossoms into something that's usually beautiful. Sometimes you get, like, you know... Cyberpunk 2077. <laughs> <laughs> no hatred, no hatred. <laughs> Except for tw- Cyberpunk 2077. You know what's a better game? Potty Simulator 2077. 
never played it, but I'm sure you're right. Yeah, um, credit to Flying Kitty. I did not make that joke. Please don't sue me. Give credit uh, where credit's but, due. That's a big part of art, actually, is giving credit. Yeah. yeah, like, you don't just steal art from an artist and not give them credit. Because, you know, like, with some forms of art, um, they could spend maybe, like, a few hours on it. Uh, but, like, in a lot of forms of art, they, they could have spent days, weeks, months, even years on it. Like, especially when it comes to animation, writing... You know, like, that takes a very long time to make everything coherent and not just a mess. And Cyberpunk 2077, although that still <laughs> came out as a mess. I mean, yeah, like, uh, games are the hardest because, like, a, a really good game will have writing, um, it'll have music, it'll have visuals, it'll have voice acting, which in and of itself is a hard thing to do um like one line you might have to do the same line 10 times before it's acceptable video games become increasingly difficult to make and distribute like every coming year i guess because they get more yeah, intricate like, and stuff the standards just keep rising like we, we had, you know, the original Legend of Zelda, then we had A Link to the Past, then we have Ocarina of Time, and now we have Breath of the Wild. Like, back then, if you released, like, an exact replica of Breath of the Wild, first of all, the N64 would not be able to handle it. Second of all, everybody would go completely bonkers because that was just when 3D was starting to exist, and now you have this game that looks more like as beautiful as real life yeah i mean unless the game that is as real as real life is not good cyberpunk 2077 <laughs> <laughs> I, the, the company that made that game is going to sue us well definitely yeah what <laughs> We're just joking uh, about thing, Cyberpunk. Thing I've never played it. Good thing they can't do that legally, but you know. I mean, what are the chances that they're going to watch a podcast made by a couple, like, teenagers or whatever? Anyway, you know? I mean, yeah, you've got a point. Um, but yeah, there's... It's a cool pain. Um, but, like, their games can be about, like, a... I mean, this goes for art in general, but it can be a, like a plethora. What is English? A plethora no of <laughs> a plethora of different things. Like you know, it could be what it could be like you know, um, Cyberpunk twenty seventy seven. So it could be about be cashing in on all the trust that the company has earned and making a horrible game that they probably made out of reused assets in two days. Um, and the, or it could be, you know, like Breath of the Wild, a story about saving a world that's already fallen. There can be, you know, games with no story, like most of the Mario series, where you're just going on this adventure, maybe for a generic reason, but the fun in those games is the gameplay, not the story. Because sometimes you don't need a perfect reason to do something. Can you tell he likes Legend of Zelda? What? No. 
You know, us dunking on Cyberpunk 2077 actually brings up a, a big point about art is it's it's not made specifically for everyone. Not everyone is going to like it. In fact, most people yeah. probably won't. Cyberpunk 2077. <laughs> but <laughs> there's somebody out there that enjoys it. Yeah. So if there's somebody out there that enjoys it, even if other people are dissing it, like we are Cyberpunk 2077, um, then don't don't take that as offense um, because you know not everyone likes everything. I know, crazy, right? I mean, that's like half of the reason we go to war. The other half is greed, but we don't talk about that part. Like we said earlier, art is self-expression. It's not for everyone. It's for you. It's what makes you happy. Cyberpunk 2077 does not make us happy. It makes me sad inside. But you know what also makes me sad inside? What? Um, this is... This might be a little bit controversial, but also everyone who's, who, but also most people are going to agree with me. Um, and that is Paper Mario, Sticker Star, and Color Splash. Those games were, you know, compared to the, you know, Paper Mario, you know, the first game, <laughs> Paper Mario 64, I guess, and Thousand Year Door. Those two games aren't are like horrible but like in general they're just okay-ish there's also that one 3d one for the wii that i could never beat like level three. Oh, super paper mario yeah we don't most people don't consider that like a mainline paper mario game because you know it's completely different in almost every way mm-hmm. besides you know its title and you know characters and stuff like, it's the only Paper Mario game to date where Luigi plays a, a notable role in, so. I would know. Like I said, I never got past, like, level three. Yeah, um, that, that's another thing. Games are, like, the only form of art that can actually have, like, a form of difficulty. Like, it's not, unless a show is just, like, so bad that, like, it's hard to watch. It's not hard to, like, stare at a screen. Well, there's some like, sort of difficulty or now. complexity to any kind of art. It's just different. Yeah, like, interactivity can, you know, spice things up a little bit. Even if it's just as simple as pressing a button to do this or that, and it's not real gameplay, it can still, you know, make it feel more personal, I guess. Mm-hmm. Like Netflix like, has know, been doing, like where you yeah, point, first... you click an option. It's still the same story. The story doesn't change, but you get that sense of interactivity because you get to select what they do. Yeah, and there's also like you know, like the thing that comes to mind when I think of interactive stories is a heist with Markiplier. Ooh. Like, um, in that you can end up in prison or end up in a zombie apocalypse, or end up, like, you can end up, like, on these crazy adventures and stuff, and it's all because of, like, a few options that at the time might seem, you know, a little bit inconsequential, 
but like they blossom into this really cool story. There's also like another interactivity that I can think of, which is like ad living. Mm-hmm. Like when you're building off of each other's prompts, like I think the most, um, the best form of ad living is where you can't just deny something someone said because it makes it more interesting. Mm-hmm. I really like games and stuff where depending on what you choose or what you do, the story changes. Yeah, like Minecraft, for instance, in Minecraft story mode, you know, there's not a lot of change. I can't vouch for the second game because I've never played it or watched a full playthrough of it. But I didn't like, even know there was like, a second one. Yeah, but I actually have the first one. So, like, the story, um, in the end, everything is going to be the same, even though the events leading up to it might be a little bit different. Mm -hmm. Whereas in other games, like, I can't think of, oh, like, there's a new game out called Amori. Like, there are multiple endings, and like Undertale, which I know some people are going to cheer at me saying that, and other people are going to find my Ikea address, come to my home, and destroy my life. Um, oh, yeah. Undertale's a very debated game. Just like Cyberpunk yeah. 2077. <laughs> we're, we're never going to get over that one. No. Um, but, yeah, like, you know... And Undertale, your choices actually matter, even if, like I said in the moment, they seem kind of inconsequential, which is like, I don't know, like, real, real life or something? Ew. Undertale is probably one of the biggest examples of this topic. Your, your consequences and choices really do matter to the story. There are so many endings. Yeah, like, I think the neutral route, and feel free to correct me on this, I think the neutral route alone has, like, 16 different endings. That's crazy. Yeah, yeah, depending on how many people you kill and, you know, who you kill, if they're important or not. Mm -hmm, Because there's there's all, like, 16 of those, plus there's also the pacifist and genocide. Yeah, and there's even a different form of pacifist if you do genocide first and you can never like get the other version of pacifist again unless you like manually overwrite the game that's interesting yeah and like even like minor things like killing a character and then going back to a previous save the game will remember that and it'll talk to you about it flowey has different text if you just keep getting neutral routes over and over and over again he won't fight you a second time because he'll already know what will happen things like that no wonder the game took so long to make yeah i mean like i mean like again like toby fox is a pretty good developer in my opinion Mm -hmm. like even though we don't have at least to my knowledge, much more news about Deltarune, that's probably because he doesn't want to, like, build up so much hype about it. Like, that's a thing with games. When you advertise them too much, they get so hyped that, like, no matter how good the game actually is, they're still not going to live up to the hype. Like Cyberpunk 2077? (laughs) (laughs) 
<laughs> the game was so hyped because it kept getting canceled and they like kept making new due dates. But then when it actually came out, it was so buggy and people realized that they should have just kept developing it because it was really buggy and bad and kept That's crashing. That's another good topic, rushed games. For instance, um, Super Mario Sunshine was actually rushed because Nintendo was trying to save the GameCube. Um, mm -hmm. So, like, you know, like, the first half of the game was is amazing to my knowledge. It's, like, it has, you know, beautiful graphics for the time. It has, you know, a nice little story, more complicated than most of the Mario series. There's, you know, Voice the gameplay and levels are fine. But when you get, like, to a certain area, everything just goes downhill. There's a lot more, like, glitches you can do and stuff. Yeah. And, like, you can... Like, even the quality of, like, the final stage is, like, atrocious compared to the rest of the game. The final boss battle. I've never actually played the game. The final boss battle looks easy. Yeah, so, like, I think, like, if there are any, like, indie developers or upcoming indie developers or something, don't rush your game just because you need to make, like, a quick buck. You can, like, you don't have to... If you do that, then, like, maybe in the short term, it'll be better. But in the long run, people aren't going to trust you to make good games anymore. One one bad thing can make it all fall downhill. Like yeah, Sonic, so, for example. We probably shouldn't get on that topic, actually. <laughs> that yeah, could lead to some bad fan, stuff. Yeah, the, the Sonic fandom will knock on our doors and kidnap us both if we say something bad. Like, Sonic fandom, it's a little bit cringe, isn't it, bruv? Sammy Classic Sonic fan? Have you seen that video? Oh. <laughs> I've definitely heard of it. It's very infamous. If you don't already know what this is, definitely don't look it up. But, Sonic definitely... Stop probably has the worst of something called a uh, rule 32 or 42 or something yeah it's 32 okay. which i hate myself for knowing that off the top of my head i hate rule um, 32. yeah there's stuff we don't talk about that basically to sum it up in kind of an appropriate way is uh, rule 32 is if something exists on the internet Somewhere, there's something inappropriate made about it. Don't look yeah. it up. Yeah, I, I'm. Uh, the sad part is that it's true. You could look up something and then add a specific word to it, and then it'll show up. Mm -hmm. Like, have you... <laughs> We're getting so off topic. But have you ever seen an NSFW speedrun? They're disappointingly short. Yeah. That's, that's, the internet is a great place, it's a good way to make art, but it's also a terrible place. Yeah, like, I always say this, but the internet is mankind's best and worst invention at the same time. Mm-hmm. It depends like, on it allows, part of it you're on. Like, especially during this pandemic, it allows us to connect to each other 
to people like that we normally don't get to see because we live in different countries or, you know, we just have such a busy schedule that we don't have time to travel. But like, you know, it also like, um, it can ruin people's lives. Like it can, you know, destroy people. It can make people bankrupt. It can allow lies to spread, hate to spread. It can drive people to suicide, even. It gives easy access to, like, pedophiles and stuff. Yeah, because, you know, there are, you know, laws and stuff regarding the Internet. But, like, the Internet is a bigger place than the Earth itself, and it's so much more hard to manage. In life, in real life, you can physically restrain someone. But unless you ban someone by their IP, you literally can't stop them from just making a new account and coming back. Exactly. But on the other side, the internet's a great place. Like you, Red. I I haven't seen you in heaven knows how long. But through the power of the internet, me and you are making a podcast right now. Yeah. And, like, um, we can, like... You can be entertained through the internet. It's not just, you know, cable. You don't have to pay absurdly high prices for something for, like, two channels that you're actually going to watch, like, two days of the week anymore. Like, the internet is, you know, usually more fair price. And it offers such a wide array of content that you're probably going to be using it all the time. Mm Mm-hmm. The internet is a lot like art actually which is our topic today and that is it's it's self-expression you can do anything with it because it's such an expansive topic yeah like you can make art that like most people will love and praise and you can also make art that people are going to criticize and people that people are going to find offensive and stuff like, you know, a lot of the art, like, old people made, or not not old people, like, the people of the past made, mm-hmm. like, you know, Roman sculptures and stuff, we might find some of the content in them a little bit inappropriate nowadays, whereas back then there was a much higher tolerance for that, probably because they weren't as concerned with, you know, morals and stuff and more concerned with surviving. Yeah, we are, as a society we increasingly become more sensitive to things. Like, back then, the first Olympic Games was played naked. Fun fact for you. But now, you draw... If you draw something even a little bit wrong, the entire internet can attack you and make it so that you never show your face on it again. Yeah. So, like, there are are pros and cons to everything. Yeah. Yeah. And I'd also like to, you know, talk about, um, like, I know we're, like, dancing on games a lot, which is a really weird sentence that came out of my head. But, like, I want to talk about ideas. Like, you know, ideas you might have for, like, a game or a show or, you know, something like that. Like, an idea that I had in the most productive place on Earth, the shower... Um, where it was based off of a skit from a YouTuber called, you know, Tomska. 
Mm-hmm. I, you Loves probably him know him. Yeah, you probably know him. He made the entire Astiff movie series. So, like, it was a skit, and basically, there's this, like, basically, instruments were weapons. So, like, you played a note, and, you know, some magical thing came out. And that got me, like, thinking when I remembered it in my head, like, what if there was a game that was, like, kind of a mix between an RPG and, like, Guitar Hero, where you get notes, you you play notes, and that is how you attack. You don't attack by pressing a button and having, you know, your character slice with a sword or something like that. You attack by getting the rhythm right. That would create, like, a skill ceiling and stuff. It would create, you know, some skill to it. And then, like, all of your skills would, instead of being determined by SP, would be, be determined by how well you were playing. That actually, that's a really cool idea. Like, Guitar Hero in an RPG. Yeah. I, never thought like, I don't know what you would call it, but, like, it, I think that would be a fun little game. Guitar PG. Puns. They're what makes the world go round. Puns are art, I think. Yeah, yeah, sure, let's not dwell on that. Uh, But yeah, like, I mean, ideas are debatably the most important form of an art, of the process of art, because without ideas, there is no art. Yes, ideas are, like, a massive part of art. Ideas, in a way, are art. Yeah, like, even the most simple, like, sketch, like, even what um, I made for, you know, the piece of artwork I made for this podcast, um, <laughs> you know, it started out as an idea. Oh, I can make a little wavy thing. And then I thought, you know, that kind of looks like water, so it can the scene can take place on the water. Um, because since, podcast you know, this is the only podcast brought to you from the middle of the ocean. I mean, yeah, like, I mean, where where else would we do it on land? Who does that? Losers. But yeah, like I thought, oh, the waves look like water, so it can the scene can take place on the water. Um, since this isn't like a particularly big podcast, at least from, not yet. Yeah, from like really famous people, I'm not going to make us have like this giant ship. We're just gonna be on a small raft, you know. I'm boring it. He's, you know, on the computer getting everything set up for it, and that's the scene. You know, it was just the idea to, you know, have the title up there that made the entire art piece. A big topic I'd like to cover about art is a lot of people say, oh, I don't want to do this or that because I'm bad at this form of art. There's no such thing truly as being bad at a form of art. It's just your way of doing it. Yeah, like... Um, art, we all have, like, specific styles. Our styles might be more realistic or, you know, cartoonish. They might, you know, we might like to do things simply, um, whereas other people might like to add intricate details like shading and stuff. But, like, 
having more complicated art isn't what defines good art. You can have a game with blockbuster graphics that is just so beautiful on the outside, but in reality, when you play it, it it's not a very good game. Cyberpunk, Cyberpunk 2077! Well, <laughs> <laughs> like... Like, for instance, I would rather play Breath of the Wild, which, you know, um, subjectively does not look as good as, like, The Last of Us Part 2, because it's the type of game that I like. I'm not really a big fan of first-person shooters, but I love RPGs. Mm-hmm. My, my dad is an artist, and he, he says this a lot. Art is subjective. Yeah. There is nothing objective about art. It's all subjective. Hold up. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> but yeah, there's nothing objective about it. Like, there there are no facts. There are only opinions, because that's what makes it in the first place. An idea... You know, well, an idea can become research or it can become a fact, but an idea itself is, like, pretty much an opinion. Like, even, like, the idea that there might be molecules, for instance, which was highly disputed before, that was an idea until it was proved. Mm-hmm. You can't say what art is. You can't say the rules to art, because there isn't any. That's, you are correct. That's like, what I like about it. That's what so many right. people like about it. Yeah, like, it's such an expansive topic, an expansive thing, that you can't really define art. You can. The only definition for art is self-expression, which is good enough. You can define genres of art. You can define, you know, types of it, but you can't define it in and of itself because there's just... It's too much to talk about, like, with, like, literally, within, there are topics within topics of art, like, you have art, and then you have drawing, and then you have digital art and physical art, and within digital art, you have pixel art, within drawing, you have, you know, abstract, you have modern, you have like old-fashioned you have like the medieval period you have anime like which we're not going to talk about anime today yeah. uh anime is a weird is a weird topic mm-hmm. they japan and I, i'm not racist guys i'm sorry it's just japan japan is weird to me but we don't need to talk about that today anime is a weird topic especially if you're talking about jojo's bizarre adventure we're not going to get into that one because Brooks will yell at me. Uh, Who's Brooks? I don't know. It's one of our yeah, listeners. Uh, but yeah, we don't need to talk about that. Um, but yeah, like, you know, it's just not. But anyways, back on topic, like, um, like going back to ideas. There are a lot of ideas, and some people might feel like their ideas have been stolen. Um, that that's actually why we we chose art 
for as our first topic of today's episode because it's such an expansive topic. Yeah. You can never truly talk about all of art because art never yeah. ends. Yeah. One of the things I'd like to talk about is stealing art. Don't do that. Please. Yeah. Like we like, said earlier, give credit. Yeah, like, that's a big thing. Like, there's even this one thing uh, where people will just say credit to the artist. Cool, bro. Who is the artist? Yeah. Like, that's not going to lead you to the person who made that, so that's basically not giving credit at all. If you just say credit to the artist, who are you helping? You're not helping anyone. Yeah, if anything, you're just making yourself look dumb. If you put art in a YouTube video, at the end, if you say credit to the artist, what if somebody's like, oh, that art is really cool. I wonder who the artist is. Maybe I'll check out their, whatever they're on, whatever platform they made that art on. But they can't, because you just said credit to the artist. Yeah, like, even if it's a company, if it's, you know, like, especially if it's copyrighted, because you're going to get into legal trouble there. But, like, yeah, we don't like legal trouble here. That's why we live literally on the sea. Uh, We're in the middle of the ocean because we committed tax fraud. <laughs> yeah, there might, there, we might have also committed arson, So, but we don't need to talk about that. That's illegal. Um, <laughs> disclaimer, that was a joke. We haven't actually committed tax fraud and arson. We're teenagers. Yep. That that's what we'll tell them. <laughs> Technically, is crime a form of art? This is this is a big question. I I need to know this. Could crime be considered a form of art? I mean, it depends. Like cold blood, flooded murder isn't you know a form of art. It's murder. Um, but like. You know, there are, like, people who, I guess, this is a weird topic, but, like, there are people who do, like, organi- not, not, not organized crime, that's just organized crime, but, like, organized murders, I guess, or a form of art, well, it, they can tell a story, even if, you know, the way you tell that story isn't exactly a good way. It, it's, I guess, art nonetheless. Well, even if crime itself isn't art, a big part of art, and podcasts especially, like this one, is, like, crime podcasts. So many people do those. Yeah, I mean, like, um, crime can use be, I guess, be as a media to tell, a medium to tell art through, like, you can, there are a bunch of arts about crime. Like, sometimes crime isn't bad because the laws are bad. Just because something is against the law doesn't mean that it's bad because that means that the laws themselves need to be under review. I'm sure there's someone out there who has just done some form of crime to be talked about on a crime podcast. A lot of crime is just for publicity. 
Yeah, that that's a really big problem with today. People are doing things for publicity. Like there was a recent lawsuit against Taco Bell where they claimed that Taco Bell's tuna, or no, it was Subway, that Subway's tuna had no form of fish in it whatsoever. Um, but like they said that they had lab tests, right? except they refused to tell them what the results were. Um, they refused to tell them um, and they refused to tell them where the lab was. That's like saying that I had evidence that of like this is a place um, that like a country no one knew about was, but I refused to tell them where it was or any of the evidence I found that that country existed in the first place. Because that kind of stuff, if you just do stuff for publicity, it causes all kind of drama and all that stuff, which could lead to who knows what. A big part of our culture today, which I hate and I'm sure everyone hates, is cancel culture. No one likes cancel culture. Yeah, like, I mean, it's kind of funny if you do it as a joke, because it's, you know, in of itself a mockery of cancel culture. But, like, there's also, like, you know, like I said, like, bullying and, by extension, cyberbullying is a horrible thing that if it's done excessively and, you know, violently enough, it can drive a person to take their own life. So it's just, like, you know, a thing where why would you do that knowing that there are going to be consequences on someone's mental health like that? Some people just don't think about that kind of stuff. That's a big part of the internet and art, is not thinking. It's also a big part of cancel culture, because they don't think before their actions. And that's either why they try and cancel someone, or somebody gets canceled. Yeah, so, um, there's also another, I guess, sub-area of this, where, like, there's also the fact that people, like, um, this is gonna get... A, a little bit controversial, eh? Um, but, so, like, you know, bear with me here. But Logan Paul. Ooh, Logan Paul. An interesting yeah, Logan man. Paul is in and of himself a really big subject to tackle. But, yeah. like, I think, like, the thing is, the reason Logan Paul continues to do bad things is because he wasn't getting punished for them. Because, like, what would happen, what basically the cycle of content creators like that is that they, you know, they do something horrible, then the internet yells at them, then they, you know... That gives them more publicity. It's a publicity stunt. Yeah, and then they fake an apology video, then everybody forgets about it. Then they do it again, then the internet yells at them, then they make a fake fake you know, apology video, then everything goes back to normal again. So, like, you're only empowering them in the long term because they know they can do crazy stuff. Um, It'll get them more views. It'll get them more likes. It'll get them more money, which is what they care about. And then if they make a silly little apology video, everything's just going to blow over and they can do it again and again and again. And again. 
This is what I call the cycle of clout. Yeah. Like, really, that's what it is. Like, you get internet fame for a little bit, then you just kind of relax for a bit and let it die down so you can do it again. Like, the, the only thing that will stop them is, like, permanent consequences. And the internet being mad at you isn't a permanent consequence. You know, it is a permanent consequence, getting punished by the law. And I believe one of them actually did get arrested. J low Jake Paul. Yeah, Jake Paul got arrested. That's a permanent consequence. That is going to be in your, even when you're, like, if you get convicted and you go to jail, um, even when you're released, that's going to be on, like, your permanent record for the rest of your life. You'll never be able to escape it. Oh, I'm sure he won't be able to escape it. Yeah, like, especially if you already have a track record for being crazy. As we've just hit the 40-minute mark, I would just like to say there are some forms of art that we're not going to cover today because they're going to get very controversial, the biggest one being furries. We are not going to cover that. Yeah, like, that, that's the strength. I, I mean, even saying that is a little bit too much, but it's a subject and a half. Yeah, I'm sure even calling them furries is going to trigger someone out there in the furry culture or something. Yeah, it's going to trigger a few alarms, and like, and there's nothing we can do about that now that you've mentioned it, but... Yeah. Yeah. Um, so... Hmm. What is your favorite, like, piece of art, like... You know, it could be a game, a movie, an actual art piece, anything. That is a really difficult question right there. I don't know if I even have an answer. I, I will ask you that question if, while I try to come up with one. Mm, mine, I don't know. Mine would probably be, um, it, it's probably a Zelda game, maybe the entire Zelda series. I don't know. I just love that thing to death because most of the time, because we do not tell, we, we do not talk about the CDI game, um, nor do we talk about the animated series. I know a couple people will roll their eyes at this. There's a few in the audience that I know particularly. I won't name any names, but. I'm not saying it's my favorite in any way, but an art piece that that kind of moved me, I guess, in a way, would be uh, Ugly is Beautiful by Oliver Tree, the album, not, well, I don't know if there's a song or not, but just the album in general. I really enjoyed it. Yeah, I mean, that's the thing. I've never heard of it, but, you know... It's, it's art, it's self-expression, so obviously we're going to gravitate towards different things. Like, we are best friends, and there there's content that we've been trying to get each other to watch for months now. Yes, we're, we're very similar people, but that that's not to say we like all the same things. We, we have a lot of similarities, but there's also a lot of things that are different between us. There's a lot of things you enjoy that... I may not, or things that I enjoy that you may not. Yeah. So, like, for instance, uh, 
this is going to be the only time we mention um, anime here, but for instance, JoJo's Bizarre Adventure. You've been trying to get me to watch that for multiple months now. Sure um, have. And I've only ever watched part because I know if I say season, the entire JoJo community is going to pounce on me. Part one. Um, I've only ever watched that part. Um, and to be fair, to be honest, I I have a lot of things that I either want or need to watch right now. So I probably still won't be getting to it for some time. But that's the thing. You can't force somebody to like the same things that you like, nor can you force them to like them just as much as you. Because, like, I'm sure you like the Zelda series. You just don't like it as much as me. That's because I've never played it, really. You you own a couple different ones when uh, I haven't really played any of them. Besides maybe, like, the first level of the first one. Yeah, let's, um, speaking of owning a game, let's talk about piracy, which is more, you know, a problem in the modern day than it was in the past. Because, you know, I don't know if it was common for someone to just casually make an exact replica of the Mona Lisa. Yeah. I feel like piracy, uh, in art, piracy goes a lot further kind of digitally now than it does in real life. Yeah. So, like, the biggest form of piracy is piracy of games because, you know... Games are expensive. Yes, and not everyone but, wants to pay for them. Yeah, so, like, my the problems I have with piracy are if you pirate a new game or the, a game of an indie developer. If you pirate Super Mario 64, that's no skin off Nintendo's back. They're not making money off of that game anymore. Yeah. But, like, if you pirate even Super Mario Odyssey, there's still, people are still buying that game. I just recently bought it, in fact. Yeah, so, like, Nintendo's still making money off of it, so, like, you're hurting their sales. And, like, a a big, because Nintendo is a weird company. Mm-hmm. They make great games. The developers at Nintendo are awesome, but the people who manage like their online presence and stuff aren't so awesome. Mm-hmm. Like they, for instance, pretty recently, I think recently last year, they canceled a snap a melee tournament with a cease and desist order because they were using an emulator, and you know, emulating is a form of piracy. Mm. Um, but the thing is, it's Melee. There's no way Nintendo's making a reasonable amount of money off of that game anymore. So it would have probably boosted their profit because it's like, oh, hey, that game looks cool. Why don't I buy their newest game, which would be Ultimate? And, you know, I've never played it, but I already know that Ultimate is a really good game. Some would even say it's the ultimate Smash game. Please don't kill me. <laughs> um, we like puns here. Yes. <laughs> but, like, you know, it would boost their sales because people will be introduced to the series. That's like, you know, introducing somebody 
to a movie by having them watch it first, they're going to want to watch the sequel. Yeah. So. Because who watches the sequel just, first? Yeah, I think the biggest problem with art today is art that is made by big companies. Like, you know, to name a few, Nintendo, Disney. Marvel. Yeah, Nintendo, Disney. Disney owns literally the world. Um, Disney like, is the world. Like, I, I don't even remember the name of a company that made um, freaking Cyberpunk 2077. Uh, but I don't like, a lot of, you know, art is driven by greed, especially mm-hmm. when it's a game, because, you know, games, um, they usually don't have as many reviews, and when they, um, and even then, when you buy a game, it's usually going to be more expensive than a movie or a show. Yeah. Um, and... You don't know the quality of the game until you've played it for a little bit. So, like, you've already bought it and played it. So the company has already make, made its money. Um, and, like, then, freaking, it, this game could be an atrocious monster Sorry, that was stolen and reused assets from other games. And you won't know until you bought it and played it. Yeah. And that's what um, a certain YouTuber that I watch, um, in one of his more recent videos, he called that cashing in on trust. Or, yeah. So basically what he means by that is that the company made this huge, amazing game that everyone loved. And then... They made another game that people thought was going to be amazing because it was from the people that made this good game. Then it turned out to be bad, but the company already made their money. So, in the long, in the short term, in the short term, that's going to create profit. In the long term, that can drive a company to bankruptcy because no one's going to trust them. It also, yeah, it creates distrust. Because, I mean, who who wants to buy, um, like, a game from the company, like, that's associated with making one of the worst games ever created? Cyberpunk 2077. <laughs> Actually oh. dies. <laughs> I'm sorry to anyone who actually likes Cyberpunk 2077. We have no hatred for Cyberpunk 2077 here. It's obviously a joke just because of the low quality of the game when it was released because they released it before they were actually done. Yeah, like like I said, rushing a form of art is only going to make it less good. It will never make it better. Working on restrictions can make it better. Um, like a lot of old games were made on, you know, tight restrictions due to either the technology or budget or stuff. Um, like a little bit of restriction can make an art piece good because you have to get more creative. 
but um, simply rushing something and trying to make it as quickly as physically possible is just going to make an unbalanced, unfun, buggy game that no one wants to play. Especially because rushing, you'll try to make the core aspects of the game, for instance, Super Mario Sunshine, the movement in that game is praised like, you know, the rest of the modern 3D Mario games like 64 and Odyssey. It's praised to no end, which because that's one of the first things you would make in the game, the physics system, because that's what everything else is going to be derived from. You're not going to start creating levels um, until you know that Mario can get through those levels. That's but a big like, part of Rage games. Yeah, but like... You're going to make those aspects, and then you're going to be rushing the things you do later. So, like, bug fixing. There's a part of Super Mario Sunshine that just literally doesn't work. It pushes you away from what you're actually supposed to do, and it might take you, like, 20 minutes just to do that one little part. Is it the boat part at the end? Yeah. Hmm. Yeah, so it's like a pachinko thing. Oh, 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 that one. The infamous Pachinko level. Yeah, it literally pushes you away from the things you're trying to get into to get the red coins. Um, But, like, because that is a bug. Even though, you know, the bug is kind of obvious and there's no way, like, the play testers didn't figure it out, it's a bug. So that's not going to be considered as important as, you know, Mario being able to freaking move. Um, (laughs) Like, that's the thing. The game was rushed. If they had had maybe another year or a few months, they would have probably been able to patch that because it's Nintendo. Come on now. Mm -hmm. But, like... That's the thing. They didn't have a choice because the people at when the people at the top say they want something done, they're going to get it done. Mm-hmm. A big part of art is like that's why you shouldn't announce something until you've at least gotten like a good start on it, I guess. Because yeah. then people will be expecting it, and if it's bad. Then people are like, oh, why didn't you tell us about it if it was bad? And you're like, well, yeah, I don't know what I was going to say there, honestly. Um, because you're, they're going to be expected to have it out by a certain time. That's why a lot of indie developers especially don't like to give release dates. Because release dates put pressure on them. If they're not able to live up to their own standards due to the limitations of either maybe their own skill or the system they're using, you know, um, and they have to delay the game, people aren't going to be happy. Like, for instance, Breath of the Wild took six years to develop. Um, And it was advertised for being on the Wii U. People that, but um, the Switch was just being released. The thing, they still have to release it on the Wii U because people literally bought a Wii U specifically to play Breath of the Wild. So there's no way they couldn't have. I've just been informed that um, 
our recording time on what we're using to record this podcast is uh, 60 minutes, and we're at 55 uh, minutes, 30 seconds. So, yeah. We're yeah, so should... about done with our first episode of podcast. That's pretty pog. Yeah. So, yeah. Lesson um, of today? So we could probably start to finish up now. So, I'd like to say, you know, in conclusion, I know this is an essay now. Um, in conclusion, you know, art is a very expansive subject with a lot to talk about, and it's purely subjective. Like, the thing, like, I like the Zelda series, but I know someone online who does not like the Zelda series, mm-hmm. um, like, at all. And, yeah. like, that's no skin off my back, because it's my opinion, not a fact. Yeah, basically, so, today's lesson is anything can be art, because art is suggestive, and there's no rules to art, because art is whatever you want it to be. And you should never judge someone for their art because there's always at least one person that likes it. Yep. Um, so be tuned in on, I believe it's Thursday. Yes, Tuesdays we're and going Thursdays. To be talking about a subject that I have no idea what's going to be yet because we haven't planned that episode yet. We don't plan uh, these in advance. Yeah, but remember. This is the only podcast streamed live from the ocean, but we might have to make a little bit a little bit of a visit on land because our lava stocks are running low. Very we'll see low. You. Yes, so we'll see you sometime in the future. Peace. To play us out today, I would just like to say happy birthday to you. Happy birthday to you. Happy birthday, dear the my other podcaster person. Happy birthday to you. Alright, later guys. Remember podcasts every Tuesday and Thursday from one to seven. Stop. I can't stop the freaking thing. I agree.